0: 2012's been an awesome year of sold-out Smotko tours at home and abroad. Hell, we even bothered to document the occasion with a brand spanking new DVD. One that we hope you'll spank too, anyway. Jay and Silent Bob get old, teabagging in the UK, London, Manchester, Edinburgh. Holy fuck, I pronounced it right three nights two dvds one fuck ton of awesome jay and silent bob get old teabagging in the uk available on dvd now bitches
1: This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. I wish I could tell you who that is. Uh, all I know is that Chris Territus, the fabulous Chris Territus of KCRW music, uh, when he was here, he brought that for us to listen to. It's from Estonia. And the name of the track is Heskus." <laughs> it's spelled U, capital U capital U, capital A, small a with a little tilde thing over it, H-E-S-K-O-O-S. I googled it today trying to figure out where the fuck it is, where has it come from, where does it live? Nothing on Google, zero. Someone like handed this track to Chris Doritas when he was at a club in Estonia like six months ago or whenever that was. But oh, God, I love that track. That's like new stuff coming out of Estonia. It's like Manhattan Transfer or something. It's uh, very, very cool stuff. Uh, and I figured, you know, even though I don't have permission to play it, I mean, they're in Estonia. I mean, if they can find me, then more power to them. I'll pay them their 12 cents that I owe them or whatever it is that you're supposed to pay when you actually play royalty music on the air. Uh, welcome, everyone. It's September 6th. It's Thursday. Uh, I'm positive there's not a single person listening out there right now just because everyone is watching the Democratic National Convention. I'm guessing most people are. Uh, if you're not watching the convention and you're actually listening to me, um, let me know on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just curious who's listening right now. Uh, and here's the other fun news. My Skype number, the Skype number, the number I give out is my call-in number on my show. Yeah. It's not working. I get this weird voice. like It's kind of a voice that sounds like it's literally in limbo. I think this this male entity is in limbo somewhere saying, no routes found. No routes found. Uh, I don't know what that means. I googled it. Still not clear what it means. Doesn't mean anything. And is there a person I could call at Skype and ask them? No, of course not. Because that's not how the internet works. It's, you know, it's like Facebook. You actually want to talk to a person? I'm sorry, no. You will have to send an email to somebody and then possibly, maybe, maybe, possibly you'll get an email back in 10 days. That'll be this very standard template kind of boilerplate email that will have all these questions they will ask you to answer. And of course, you won't know how to answer them. And it's too late anyway because it was 10 days ago and who fucking cares at this point? So. Really confused about the Skype. So if you understand this no-routes-found thing on Skype, um, Skype me at my Skype name, which is Polymind, P-O-L-Y-M-I-N-D, or Kelly Carlin. I think you can find it under either one on Skype. Uh, I'm, I've am i got my Skype on, uh, you know, waiting. Maybe the Skype thing will actually work at some point. Uh, maybe not. And you know what? And who cares? Because nobody's listening anyway. No one's going to call in. I get it. I get it. The Democrats have actually just blocked all of our Skype numbers. Maybe that's it. They want everyone watching the DNC. And I was tempted. I was tempted. I was sitting here with Logan going, hmm, should we just cancel the whole thing? I mean, you know, what the fuck am I going to do for 90 minutes? And I don't think I'm going to do this for 90 minutes. Maybe We'll do a short show today. It'll be a little short show of some kind, but I have lots of things I can play and certainly talk. And, oh, there is some people actually. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Dalek Craig. Hey, 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 Craigs. Uh, they're listening. And, uh, of course, um, Crobama is listening on Twitter, Darren. Uh, and, uh, so he's already made fun of the RNC, so he's done for a while. Okay, so good. All right. Uh, if either of you understand this no routes found thing on the Skype, call me please right now on my Skype. Just, you know, call me on Skype. I'll, oh, wait, someone is calling. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, can we hear them? <gasps> Hello? Hello, hello. Can we hello? hear you? Oh, hello. There you are. Can you hear hey. me? Hey, who's this? Yes. This is Rory. Who? Rory. Oh, it's Rory. Hi, Rory.
2: Can you hear Uh-oh. I don't know
3: who. Kelly Carlin?
1: This is Kelly.
3: Rory. Yeah, this is this is Rory, your friend from San Bernardino.
1: It's Rory Murray. Hey, Rory. How are you doing?
3: It is was, broiling it was out here. Um, so, yay, and uh, we would like to invite you to come out to Bernardino to see the mural we're painting at the uh, site of the world's first McDonald's.
1: McDonald's <gasps> was out there. Is Yeah. It, is it one of those old groovy ones with the real golden arches?
3: Well, uh. and we have a museum there now.
1: Oh.
3: Celebrating the history of McDonald's. Cool.
1: and And is the mural done? Um, we've
3: been working, changing, um, we had a metal sculpture, uh, artist, uh, add to it that had Ray Bradbury, um, he used to come here a lot to help the libraries, so, uh, it's, we've, we've got, uh, original Tuskegee Airman that's on the mural, um,
1: Wow, that's San
3: Bernardino's broke, but we've got a great history, you know.
1: You do, you guys do. You've uh, it's farming community and uh, one with uh, yeah a ton of history for Southern California. So um, the mural, how big is this mural? Uh, one hundred and fifty feet long. Wow, that's a fucking big <laughs> mur- mural. <laughs> I have to come out and see the mural. That sounds really cool. Um, but
3: <laughs> oh, that would be fine, yeah. Um, we're having a, a celebration, if that would work into your schedule.
1: Oh, it might. It might, actually. I'll be around in November. Um, possibility. Would you um, give me a little message on the Facebook um, to remind sure. me? Yeah, great. That's great. See you and Bob. It would be fantastic. That's great. And Rory, is there a, a non-profit or something that rep- helps represent or any of the work you guys, the mural work you do?
3: Well, we represent cartoonists uh, across America and murals all around the world, and we get kids involved, and uh, we try to teach them that art and music is a great...
1: Well, that's great. I'm just writing... ...to call up on
3: your show, and I uh all that you do. Um We love you.
1: Oh, thank you, Rory. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you called. It's great always to hear, because it wasn't working five minutes ago, so uh so yay. Yeah, I had
3: trouble. I was getting a... I don't
1: Oh, it forwarded once to Logan. Okay, yeah, that's Logan. He's my buddy here who helps me run the show, and uh, okay. he, he's my wingman. So, hey, I certainly will, Rory. Thank you. And uh, you have a beautiful day. Thank you day. so much. And say hello to everyone out there in, in San Hey, well, We're looking
3: forward to seeing you
1: again. All right, thanks, Rory. Have a great day.
3: You too.
1: Bye. S- odds are against you. They come back around and, you know, let are small piece of shit in the universe and that they're so we got to have rory call in that's very cool uh wonderful so um the other person who's uh, actually listening with his fabulous uh um funk band blue food uh so uh, i know i've got three of my friends from twitter land listening to me right now um so i wanted to uh before anyone else calls um you know i do have a few things to talk about today i mean it's not like i wasn't going to be able to fill i wanted to share was that This is officially day three of quitting sugar and uh, giving because my um, Chinese medicine doctor has always taught me that uh, season – uh, the feminine. Yin is feminine season. And that sugar is also very, and the sugar in your body, your immune system has trouble fighting things off and your your whole system isn't as strong. So he always, I didn't, the last few years I've been doing it, never get sick in the winter. Other people are sick all around me and I never ate of something sugary. The next day I wake up sick. It's amazing because they've actually done studies that if you eat white sugar, the, um, in your immune system, actually the levels of them drop way down for about 20 minutes, uh, when the sugar is peaking in your system. So, if there's anything around, uh, it'll attack you. So, I quit sugar. So, I normally do it during Thanksgiving. So, I'm, and I'm normally, I'm going to quit, but I'm telling you, I was at this point where I was so addicted. It, it wasn't this bad, but it was almost as bad as like I'm eating breakfast thinking, what could I have for dessert? For breakfast? definitely having dessert for lunch every day and then dessert for dinner. And just even, it's really irritating. Uh, so, um, I have quit doing sugar, just white sugar right now, still eating fruit. Um, I'm pretty sure it had a little sugar in it, but I'm not doing the, oh my God, I've got to have a half a cupcake or a whole cup uh, for dessert after lunch. Just really, I'm just sick of the addiction thing. I'm sick of it being more in charge of smoking cigarettes and realize that this literally this pack, this little box of, isn't it, that had little Stick uh, inside the paper had this like plant substance in it. Um, this little inanimate box was. It's really creepy when you think about that that way. You know, it's like, oh, I'm in charge anymore. <laughs> so it's kind of like that with sugar. I'm like, I'm kind of done, done with the sugar. The cravings have not been bad so far because I am letting myself eat fruit. So I do have a little strawberries, strawberries, by the way, really good, right? And yes, they are organic strawberries, even though I think the, was it the FDA yesterday or someone announced aren't really any more nutritional than regular fruits and vegetables. But of course they didn't. (laughs) So they may not be any more technically nutritional, but they don't have floor wax on them. So, you know, that that's a little helper, healthful. Hmm. Love the double speak of the government. You know, it's really hard being a progressive at the same time. The government really does fuck things up. Like, I get that from the Republicans. So we're in the middle of convention season, and literally, I could not watch the RNC last week. My blood pressure is 20 points, I'm sure of it. So I would just watch the Twitter feed and, uh, in- and, and, new- and I, I would just watch that. And then I was making fun of them anyway, <laughs> because, but, uh, so I was really thinking about this week my, my own personal position on this, because I have a lot of sure if they'll vote for Obama, which kind of scares me because, and they're probably not in a swing state, so it probably doesn't matter, but that worries me because worse. So here's my deal. There are plenty of ways in which both of these parties are the same. The Defense Department and WARS, I could say, they are the two corporations on many levels, they are the same uh, beautifully and laid out such. An, uh, I haven't seen that. I'm sure it's out there, but I didn't see a lot of need for fact check, but me, that man laid out. So that man can does, can explain intricate policy to a two month old baby. And that baby would understand. I mean, so it was great. I'm a fan of Bill Clinton. He's someone I would love to meet and hang out with and, and at a dinner party. Truly. But, one thing I do not like media in this country, you know, when he passed the Communications Act, he undermined a lot of power that for independent gobble up lots and lots of things. And I think it is really ruined. I mean, you can see the effects of the Communications Act right there. So not very happy with him on certain things and not very happy with Obama. I think it's just total fucking bullshit. Not happy about Afghanistan, not happy about stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm, I don't like about him, but there's a shitload of on their platform um, and the people who represent their party. Just I'm not a fan. So very, very similar. And in other ways... They are still different. There are differences, and the people in the next four years, because guaranteed, there is going to be at least one and possibly two of them retiring, are going to, is going to be people who are inclined to side on the side of people is a huge, huge part of my decision to vote. That scares me because that seat could last twenty years easily, especially if you get a youngin in there. Thirty years if you get a youngin, more than four years or the two years that congressmen go in there, or eight years even for a president. So yeah, differences, not happy with the global warming thing either. Like really could step up more on that. And I get he's getting a lot of pushback because oil companies basically tree company. See, huh? See, 40 and slip right there. Um. So um, there are, uh, there. So, so this is my thing. I'm a political place with this. It's like, I get it. I get my friends way on the left. I get my friends at Occupy. I get it. I get it. And I absolutely... You know, I did vote my conscience instead of Gore. And Gore lost that year. Hogan reminded me he did win. As my dad used to say, I call him Governor George W. Bush. because He really didn't, did he? Wow. thats And that's not even the beginning when it got bad. I've been really thinking about this. The whole Reagan thing. That's really when it got bad. i That's when things got really scary. So anyway... Um, so I am watching the DNC. I watched Bill Clinton last night, watched Michelle last night. I'm de- where I'm on. And, uh, y- you know, that's always helpful to a small independent podcast coming out of a back room somewhere near LAX <laughs> to having one the one of the greatest orators in the country, let alone the world, uh, constituents. Um, so, uh, yes. And uh, Dalek Craig on Twitter talked. He brought up the... Um, If you guys don't know what the Fairness Doctrine is because you were born in 1985 or 90 or 95, uh, the Fairness Doctrine used to be this thing where you see the public airwaves, television and radio, you know, they're just borrowing. They just lease these things called the airwaves. We, the public, actually own these airwaves. And so one kind of thing. Uh, contingency that we would say to them is, okay, you can lease these airwaves, but they're still the public's airwaves. So guess what? You have to put on, if you do anything political, you have to give equal time to both sides and put on equal amounts of ads, equal amounts of minutes, minutes of ads and minutes of interviews of politicians and candidates and things like that. It was an absolute 100% rule had to be done so that always there was Two sides to an issue, and there was some sort of ability for a citizenry to have some level of information, at least, uh, you know, uh, in in a single broadcast or or over a you know a, a, a span of time. And Reagan, well, yeah, this is see, this is when the neocons started working on this stuff. Reagan just get got rid of that. Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Who needs the fairness option? And I don't even remember the rationale behind it. And there doesn't seem like there should be a rationale behind that, but I'm sure they came up with something clever and snappy to justify that for us. Um so that yeah, that was definitely the beginning of the end those that for um fairness and accuracy balance Hmm, honesty, actual, um, you know, uh, the, the job of the fourth estate of media to actually possibly, oh, I don't know, check the facts, maybe push up against authority, maybe question things instead of just reading press releases. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's part of uh, that's part of my spiel today is I've been thinking about this. This these are deep thoughts. Every, I, You know, this is what happens when you quit doing sugar. See, you just never know clarity happens oh but let me tell you quit doing sugar and then a dear dear friend of mine that i had not seen in over three and a half years came last night to visit us so we had a little mini kind of impromptu dinner party and i felt it necessary to have you know one glass of chardonnay it's fine my favorite chardonnay la crema out there by the way love the buttery oaky chardonnay if you ever come to my house want to bring me chardonnay buttery oaky la crema great one glass fine really it's good it's fine but two glasses, maybe, maybe even two and a half, because you know you don't know. You're kind of at the half a glass, and someone's pouring you. Oh, you sure have a little more, or whatever. So yeah, I woke up this morning with the white wine headache thing. I don't, I don't do the grape very well. Don't it? Don't uh, yeah. So that I, I've been unclear all day. It was one of the one of those kind of unclear days where you think, did I call that person back yesterday? And if I did. What did I say to them because I have no memory of the conversation. That's not good. That's not good. And that wasn't even while I was drinking. That was just my normal day. Um, yes, I, I toy with the idea of maybe I need to go to an AA meeting, but I, I, you know, I drink maybe three, four drinks a week. I don't know. It's, it's not a quantity issue. It's really a quality issue, it's a quality of life issue. So I am dancing around it just like I was dancing around the dessert at lunch and, uh, will be dancing around this for the rest of my life because I'm Irish and Scottish and I have DNA that, that, as my dad used to say, does not metabolize the ethanol perfectly. Yeah. So that's why I tr- generally avoid it. Definitely generally avoid it. Uh, so, okay. So we've gotten that down. Still no new callers. Okay. You can call me on my Skype. All right. My Skype name is Polymind uh, my, uh, or Kelly Carlin, or you can try, you can try the number three, two, three, four, seven, three, three, one, one, two. I make no promises. There may be a man in limbo yelling at you when you call saying something about no routes found. Uh, but, uh, or you may just happen to get me on the phone, which could be very, very exciting. Uh, but you know what? We're going to take a little break here. We're going to play a little uh comedy from my dear friend Lee camp. Uh Um, who's got something to say about um, politics. We love Lee Camp. Enjoy this.
4: I have a cat that comes and goes as she pleases. So it occurred to me, I don't really have a cat. I know a cat. (laughs) That shit's in a box in my apartment. (laughs) I am right to get to fit to make us more informed we have to we, we need we need better media right our mass our mainstream media sucks no <laughs> like there's things we could do to fix our news like to begin with they should stop asking us what we think every 30 seconds right you're, like you're finally learning something they finally got an important report and then they're like tell us what you think how about no? All right? How about I turn on the news to find out what journalists and reporters think about shit, not what my mailman thinks? <laughs> I mean, no other profession can do that. Doctors and dentists can't just stop mid-surgery and be like, tell me what you think I should do. <laughs> Dave in Poughkeepsie thinks I should take out this guy's kidney. If you disagree, let me know on Twitter. <laughs> We need that, and we need we need ugly reporters, really. That would solve it, right? You don't see them often, but every once in a while you turn on CNN, and you're like, oh,
2: that
4: guy worked for his job. He knows his shit. He didn't sleep his way to the top. He didn't get any favors, right? That's why the BBC is so reliable, honestly. That group of mongoloid walruses they have on there, are journalistic geniuses. Something about a couple of teeth in your forehead makes you brilliant. I don't know what it is. But, but, but what do we have? We have this we have this douche squad of square-jawed dickheads and bright-eyed bimbos who, who, like, didn't make the cut on the American Idol auditions. So now they're reading the results of the G8 summit to the entire nation, even though they clearly think G8's a vitamin. That's, that's what we get. Just idiots. I don't know about you. I've, I feel like I see a news report about once every week, maybe once every two weeks, where I'm like, okay, that's the sign of the apocalypse. (laughs) You know, the one that did it for me recently was that doctors in England were working on a car accident victim and successfully gave him the first remote control butthole. (laughs) Should I say that again? I think I speak for all of us when I say let's get rid of science. Let's get rid of science because that's I don't want to live in a world with remote control assholes you know like and people say abortion is playing God no remote control cornhole is playing God all right that and that's another sentence you will never hear again. And, and, and really it's it's creepy and, and and what happens if that remote falls into the wrong hands you know what, what if they confuse it with the garage remote or, 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 or the guy leaves it in the back of a cab and some kid's punching away at it it's, it's going to ruin his poetry reading whatever he's at you know it's just, and, and so that <laughs> that was my first thought when I heard about that news story my second thought was we need more campaign finance reform <laughs> Follow me here. Our politicians are a lot like remote-control assholes in that they're both remote-control assholes. Right? our democracy is supposed to work. We the people have the remote, and they're the assholes, and we tell them when to be loud, when to shut up, when to shit all over people. That's how it's supposed to work. But in the recent decades, the remote's fallen into the wrong hands, right? It's in the hands of uh, corporations and the wealthiest Americans, and, and so now the assholes have gone rogue. They're shitting all over everyone. And So so we need to take the batteries out of the remote, the money. We need to take the money out of the campaign and Give me butthole control or give me death. Patrick Henry said that hundreds of years ago patrick henry and if you were taught the correct history in school you'd know that (laughs) that's
1: that's my dear friend lee camp uh you can find him at lee com. that's uh, a bit called uh campaign finance reform on his album uh chaos for the weary i think that's his last uh, second to last album his i don't know what his newest album is called um I haven't downloaded yet. Clearly, I'm not a good enough friend. Need to work on that. Yeah. Uh, so that's Lee. Uh, lovely. He's got another thing that he does, too, which is called moments of clarity, uh, which uh, oh, I have a Skype call. I wonder who that is. I'm going to have to decline for now. Skype call. Call me back. 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 480. I know I can't do it. I'm waiting for another call. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Call me back 480 in like 15 minutes. I'm waiting for breaking news from Kevin Bartini. Breaking news from Kevin Bartini. Uh, You'll remember Kevin Bartini. He is the fine, fine comedian from New York City who decided that the next year and a half of his life should be about getting the city of New York City to name a street after my father. Oh, and not any street. No. The street my father grew up on. West 121st Street between Broadway and Amsterdam. Uh, So Kevin has been in the fight. He's been in the fight. Uh, The funniest thing was... uh, Well, I'll let him tell the story. He's going to call in a few minutes here. Uh, That he... We ran up against someone on the block there uh, with the street stuff. And strange enough... uh, Catholic Church who we ran up against. I can't imagine why my dad and the Catholic Church would butt heads. More ironic, though, it's the church that houses the school that my father went to as a child, and that he loved and adored, and that the nuns who taught him there loved and adored him. Loved and adored him all the way through the seven dirty words— Yes, even the word cunt. The nuns could handle it. They understood what my dad was doing with language. They were smart nuns. These are the same nuns who are standing up against the Pope and standing up against the RNC. That's the kind of nuns, you know, the ones who are actually real goddesses underneath all that layering. (laughs) Did you guys do you remember the flying nun, Logan? No, too young. Okay, you guys gotta Google the flying nun. Sally Field. She was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old. She played the flying nun. She was like a nun in some nunnery somewhere in some foreign country like Italy or something like that. And she had these they had these big there was like weird order where they had these big hats that looked like seagull wings, and she could actually dip her head and it would help her fly, and she would fly with the help of her headgear. <laughs> You got to love 60s. You got to love 60s television, people. People were doing drugs. I mean, in back in the day when the drugs were good, not drugs now, not like meth. You can't, you can't be creative on meth, although I'm sure you feel really creative when you're on meth. But no, back when like drugs were just expanding people's consciousness and somebody actually went into a pitch meeting and said, okay, I got an idea for a TV show. It's a nun who flies with her headgear. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Let's see if we can uh, hear Mr. Kevin Bartini. Hello? Hi, Kelly. Hey, Kevin. Can you hear me?
3: I can hear you fine. Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Yay! Yes, I certainly can. Welcome to the show.
3: Oh, thank you. I'm on the air?
1: You are on the air live right now.
5: Awesome. Hi, everybody out there listening.
1: Yeah, there's like three people because everyone's fucking watching Obama right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is fine, because it's, I'm DVRing it, and, and if I wasn't doing it's, this, I'd be watching him too, but um, that's yeah. fine. I get it. It's important. Uh, and he's, and you can he, see the security down
5: here. It is unbelievable.
1: Really? Okay, so Kevin, tell every tell everyone where you're at right now.
5: Well, well now I'm back in my hotel, but I uh, I'm in Charlotte with The Daily Show, and we are taping right next door to the convention center, so oh. it takes... It takes you get off the exit, and it takes, like, 45 minutes to get through all the security checks. They have bomb-sniffing dogs. You have to turn your car off at, like, three different places and have them check it out. They keep changing the route every two hours. They are, it's amazing the amount of security that they have going on here.
1: So that was the bit last night on The Daily Show with them, like, literally not knowing where they were in the city or how to get around or anything. It's very good. Yeah, okay,
5: absolutely. It, it literally changes every two hours. So, But all the... Uh, Secret Service and the police and everything are very, very professional, very nice. We've had no, you know, no problems. Everybody's been, you know, very helpful and very cool. Very, but it's a, yeah, it's a wild thing to see.
1: Very cool, very cool. Yeah. Well, that must be really exciting to be down there, right in the right in the heart of it, man.
5: Yeah, it is. It's 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 a lot of fun. You know, we got to uh, got to see a lot of cool things and, and have a just been having a lot of fun with the. Cast and crew For the last two weeks Out here on the road It's been a blast So different than You know Going on the road Just as a comic All alone You know this is uh, nice camaraderie, hanging out every night. It, it's it's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's like a rock star tour or something.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost literally. Yes. I mean, really.
1: Yeah, truly.
5: The, the, and the crowds have been awesome. Oh. Yeah, everything's been great. Been, oh. uh, career high point doing this. This has been so much fun.
1: Oh well, fantastic! Congratulations. I'm so glad you. Thank I'm you. so glad you got to go along and hang with the peeps.
5: Yes get to hang out. Yeah. It's been been nothing but cool, nothing but good times.
1: Well, good, good. And I was just kind of prepping the audience for your call in here and telling them a little bit about, um, what you've been up to around the George Carlin street and how this was your Mm -hmm. baby and how you've been, um, fighting against the voices of, uh, you know, conservative Catholicism. Yes,
2: we have. Yeah,
5: we have. It's It's been an amazing, uh, Wow, what a, what, a, what an experience this has been for the last year and a half. I I didn't uh, have any idea going into this what we would be up against and what we would deal with. But uh, but the reason we're calling in is we do have some uh, some good news today for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, for, first, I don't know if you gave them like how how it works, but you have to start with the community board of the local neighborhood, and they have to approve it, and then it goes to the city council. And so within the community board. We have been uh, for about a year or so. We have been um, going in front of them and uh, arguing back and forth with with the you know with the forces that be and the opposition. And uh, we ended up we came you know we came up to a to a compromise. And today we have gotten out of the uh, not out of the community board, but we are out of the committee. And now it goes to uh, the full vote of the board later this month where we are very optimistic so oh. the the first the first uh, you know of the three mountains to climb uh-huh. this first one is the steepest and with it uh, our opposition should fall away because we came up to a compromise and uh, everybody seems happy with it so we've uh, we really we really came a long way tonight and and our, our you know have, have heard on good authority that uh you know, with this compromise, the the vast majority of the the community board will be uh, voting in our favor. So we should be, by the end of the month, we should be submitted to the city council. And uh, you know, they could still take a year or a year and a half to get around <laughs> to it. But uh, but in the meantime, I mean, we're going to be we're going to be gearing up for for the next thing. We can't take for granted yes. that uh, there'll be no more opposition or anything else. But the the cool thing is now, when it's the city council now. Really, the the voices of all New Yorkers will will count. Like, because it was a community board.
1: Right, right, even right. Though we've
5: had, you know, even though we have eleven thousand signatures. Yes. Um. They, at the end of the day, only only counted the people in the neighborhood. Right. Um. And and even still, we had we had beaten the the, the church. Uh. I I think you know. Like 15-fold, you know. Yes. Uh, getting our signatures in our favor. There.
1: Right. Right.
5: Um. So we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be, we're not gonna rest on our laurels. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna gear the petition back up and uh, get the voices heard. Because when it comes time to get in front of the city council, uh, we want to make sure that, that everybody who's had a chance to, to uh, let their voice be heard and, and give support of, of this uh, very worthy cause, um, that, that it should be. You know that it should it should float, and I, I think you know once you get especially into the greater New York City, yes, and, and, and beyond, he's he's uh, for those who you know he's a he's a hometown hero, and yep. and uh, it just needs to needs to be recognized, and and I think they're going to do it. So,
1: yeah, that that's one
5: has been cleared, and that, that's, uh, we're feeling very good about.
1: Well, that's about fantastic that. because as as you and I have talked, that we believe has been the hardest hump to clear. And, yeah, uh, definitely. so, yeah, so it, it feels great. And, uh, thank you again for really yeah. your time and energy and ability wow. to show up at these things and, and have these meetings and, um, you know, uh, talk to the, uh, the Reverend Father Rafferty. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, who, yeah. uh, was, uh, just to, so the, I didn't catch the listeners up exactly, the, the reason the church was uncomfortable with a sign with my dad's name being on the corner nearest to the church is that they were afraid that young children would come out of school at Corpus Christi there and look up and see his name, and then they would. Um, a uh learn course language because they would google him uh but more importantly we felt it was because my dad took some positions against um the institution of the church that the right. church is a little upset about so uh uh so uh, yeah uh and i was telling the folks here that uh, you know even though the nuns from corpus christi love my dad the higher ups did not. So uh so what we've we've yeah. done a compromise and the compromise is that uh we're hoping that the sign will be on the corner of hundred and twenty first and Amsterdam or Broadway. Yeah, and Amsterdam and Amsterdam, right. right. The, right.
5: the the five hundred block where your dad grew up is between Broadway and Amsterdam. Correct. The sign will hang on the other side of Amsterdam. So right. will be the street being named will be West 121st Street, but it'll be from Amsterdam over to the park. Right. right. Which is
1: really where my dad made all of his his havoc. You know, I mean, really, that's where truly George Carlin ran wild in the streets, uh, smoked pot at 14, drank beers, and I'm sure felt up a girl or two uh, somewhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
5: Yeah. You know, I think if it means that uh, we face no more opposition than, you know, what, so be it. Like you said, it's 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 a, it's a street that, that he grew up on, and, and it wasn't just that one block. So we're, uh, we're going to get it done, and, it's, and, and the, the, for the people who are listening, if they haven't already shown their support, they can go to forgecarlinway.com, and you can find links to our Facebook page, and uh, you can find links to sign the petition, which is still active. And then uh, also, um, I'm Kevin Bartini at Twitter, And I will tweet out the links, uh, you know, later tonight once I'm back to my hotel room and I'll I'll tweet all that stuff out and and we'll keep people abreast of what's going on. But yes, good news uh, and onward and upward is what I say.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. Onward and upward. And uh, we're planning one hell of a block party at some point. I don't know when, whenever this happens, but uh, we, we will all meet at the question mark. And, and smoke a doobie in dad's honor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it'll be, it'll be a fun block party. And so this is, yeah, this is great news. And it's like a little bit of a. Okay, we can relax a little, not, not all the way, but, uh, this is great. And, uh, yeah. this is fantastic. So everyone, yeah, go to the website, car- georgecarlinway.com. And I'll be tweeting stuff also all the time. And, uh, yeah. and I know, like you said, when it gets to the, becomes like the full city, I mean, literally my dad, I'd walk down the street with my dad. I remember this was like, in like 90 95 i think it was he was in town to do a show and we were down in the village walking around a we walked by a law and order set which you always do in new york back in the day when there were 82 law and orders so we were walking by law and order set and like dick wolf like stops the whole production it's like hey george how you doing you know and like (laughs) so we had this like law and order encounter which was really cool and then we had another kind of law and order encounter we were walking on another street and a cop i just love new york a cop, I think it was on Houston or something. He like stops his car in the middle of traffic, just stops it, you know, mm-hmm. rolls down the window. Hey, Georgie, Georgie, we <laughs> love you. Gets out of his car with his ticket book, makes my dad sign his ticket book. Uh, oh my God. It was just, you know, we love you. The city loves you, Georgie. And it would just make me like, I get verklempt around it because it's just, you know, it was, it was my dad's heart and soul that city. So
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah.
5: Be proud of. And you know, I mean, like, If you look, if you look back, like if you look on our Facebook um, page or yeah, our Facebook page, every time we had a press article that came out, um, which I'm sure once we get out of the community board itself, there'll be another round of of
2: Mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. Uh,
5: But if you look back on those, you know, all the comments are just glowing uh, from the New Yorkers. And then all the, you know, after each story was in the news for the next two weeks, the letters to the editors, there was always at least one
1: or two <laughs> letters
5: that were in there for yeah. us, and nice. I think maybe one or two against us total. So, right. the, the city is is, is very much, uh, I think, behind us, and it's just a matter of, of spreading the word out and and letting people know what we're doing, and and uh, and we're going to do other things in the city. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, we'll do some fundraisers and things because we're gonna actually. I believe have to pay for the sign ourselves. Uh-huh. And, uh huh.
1: Well, oh, we will and, raise you know, and money whatever
5: other PR and, and legal st- type stuff. So we're gonna yes. work on uh, on doing a show and getting some some of the bigger comics who uh, who hold your father in as much esteem as I yes. to, to be a part and, of that. And I will and come and, into uh, town
1: for that, and we'll I'll I'll help host it or whatever. We'll have a we'll have yeah. a, a great time. And of
5: course, we're just gonna have to make sure that when the sign hangs, it, it's gotta be like thirty feet in the air because otherwise people are gonna steal, gonna steal it. Steal it. Again and again and again. What's so. the
1: What's the most stolen sign? Who's is it? It's the um, uh,
3: Joey Ramone. Yep, way. Joey
1: Joey Ramone. Joey Ramone way most stolen sign. We'll need to go for that record. I think we need to go for We're, that yeah. record. Dad yeah. would be proud if his if his sign was the most stolen sign in New York City. Dad, right. if there wasn't over uh, up there, up there, uh, Dad would be fucking smiling in heaven. That's all I know. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Kevin, for calling in and say hello to My everyone. Pleasure. Say hi to Rory and say hi to John. And um, I will all the other lovely people there at The Daily Show and have fun and, um,
5: yeah, and hopefully we'll see you back in New York
2: sometime
1: I hope to come in October maybe I might come to see oh, Mr. Really? Mr. C. Nice. Lewis Lewis Black um, on Broadway we'll see oh
5: god oh let me know if you're going That'd I, be, we'll I will get dinner and go see the show That'd okay
1: awesome. <laughs> sounds good. alright everybody
5: one last time it's GeorgeCarlinWay.com and uh, if you haven't signed the petition you can find the link right there and then feel free to tweet it and forward it out to all your friends and, uh, and, and you know, let's just keep going, and, and we're going to make it happen.
1: Yep, absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. All right. All right, Ker- uh, Kelly, have a great night. All right, sweetie, you too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, tweet the shit out of that. Or tweet the fuck out of that, as my dad would probably say. Yeah, I tweeted the fuck out of that. You know, my dad always uh, – my dad – people always ask me, do you think your dad would be on Twitter? I'm like, you know, I don't know. It would be great for his, like, little brain droppings things, but – I'm, he would just, he would rake us over the coals for this fucking social media world. I would just, that's the one thing I'm sad about, not being able to see his social media bit. We'll have to channel him. We'll have to get like a group of comedians, me and and Sally, and we'll just channel Jerry and Pat. We'll just channel my dad and we'll do, we'll write the social media rant. That would be great. So yeah, that was Kevin Bartini, uh, working on this sign. Yeah, I love the fact that this uh, gentleman, uh the father, Reverend Rafferty, was really worried that these kids are going to come out of the school. Children, children who grow to school in New York City are going to learn swear words because George Carlin's name is hanging on a sign above 25 feet above their head. Yeah, that's really going to be the first exposure. They're going to have the word to the word shit and fuck. Oh... Oh, the stories we tell ourselves. (laughs) But then again, I do believe my dad said um, religion is the biggest bullshit story ever. So um, it kind of fits with that, I'm guessing. And Kevin's like, don't talk about the church too much. Let's not piss them off. And I get it. Kevin, I agree. But I'm, you know, I'm not in the fight directly. So I'm on the sidelines. I can cheer and say whatever the fuck I want. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Uh, So I apologize. I know some people have been trying to call and uh, I had to get that call. I just had to get that call. See, do you understand why I had to get that call? I hope you understand why I had to get that call. So if you want to call back in, uh, great. Uh, We will be accepting more calls. Uh, And... um, Right now, uh, in between calls, Uh, I'm going to play a little music. So if you're hearing the music right now, just don't call while the music is playing. Um, You know, call when, um, you know, uh, the music is almost over. Okay, this song is like three and a half minutes long. So enjoy. This is Life the Movie. That is uh, Jim Earl's band, The Clutter Family. Actually, that's Ned Barking, but the song was Jim Earl's band, The Clutter Family, with "Life," the movie. <sighs> such a great, such a great song. Uh, so I got a great question here on Twitter from a, a person says, um, "How do I balance my spiritual self, my political self, and my private self?" Wow. I should write a book about that. Mm. <laughs> it's a great question though, isn't it? I mean, I think that is the question is like, how do we balance our inner life and our need to detach from everything, to be apart from it, to, um, to, to, to literally detach. I mean, when you're, when you're connected to that big space, that spiritual, Oh, you know what? Someone's calling. I'm going to answer this because I want to, I want to talk to people. Hello? 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 Who's this? Hello? Can you hear me? This is Bryce Claggett. Hi, Bryce. This is Kelly Carlin. You're on the air live right now. Dang, I didn't expect to get through. <laughs> I actually talked to you on Twitter about calling in. Well, I, I, you know what? I was just saying. You, uh, Go ahead.
3: I just started listening. I got off work, and I thought I'd
5: uh, call in after life to the movie.
1: Well, well done. Yeah, I was just—I uh, was answering a little question here on uh, on the Twitter, and is then I you live? and then I saw you calling in, and I thought, "Hello, hello, can you hear me? Hello." I think I might have lost you. Fucking Skype. Skype's in a mood today. This is all I'm saying. Oh, did we lose you?
3: oh I, I you're skyping right now, yeah, you're
1: calling in on my skype number, see because i'm i don't I don't have a million dollars for a real radio station, so I make one up in my house <laughs> Can you hear me, Bryce? Oh, you lost Bryce, hopefully Bryce will call back uh so anyway, I was saying that it's important to. When you're, you know, this thing called spiritual, what the fuck does that word mean, really? You know, but the way I talk about it is there is a space that you can, a mindset that you can connect to that is beyond the time-space continuum. It's called Big Mind and Zen. Dropped off mind body. Oh, see, here we go. Here's a Skype again. Let's see if we can get him. Hey, Bright, Is this? Oh, who's this? Hi, Christina Thompson. Christina can it's you hear so me?
6: Funny. I got your message, your message Kelly, on Twitter and I called in three times and then I read it and I went oh it doesn't start for 15
1: minutes so <laughs> okay my tweet bad. So you know it's just it's uh-huh. it's the Are native- you watching? I'm sorry I'm sorry are
6: you watching the
1: DNC? I am not. I'm in my uh, podcast studio out back. Uh, I, I'm a sequestered from the planet right now uh, here in a studio. And No, I'm not watching. I do have it on my DVR, and I will be watching it later, which doesn't count, I know, on Twitter. But what the fuck? I have, I have no idea what your show is about. Oh, today it's it's about, a, it. what it's about whatever. About? Well, you wanted to call in. What's your desire to call in about? What did you want to speak to me about? Anything in particular?
6: No, not at all. In fact, I see you on Twitter all the time. I sometimes reach, reach, I reach, God, that's a hard word to say. I retweet you <laughs> and uh, favorite you and laugh at you. Sorry, but I do. And uh, <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I'm going to call in a voice to the name and... And, and support Kelly. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I know what it's like to host the show. And you are up against some pretty stiff competition. Like, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> but, of course, it's on every single station. There's nothing to watch. unless you want to watch Dr. Phil?
1: Yeah. Or, or uh, don't watch the that.
6: other one? Dr. Oz.
1: The well, doctors, the on, the Oprah um, doctors, the those are the Oprah Oprah made doctors right there. So, right, so what right, part of the country right, are you in? Right.
6: What, what? I live in Arizona, born and raised.
1: Oh, what part of Arizona?
6: You know where Phoenix is. I do. Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, so I live in a suburb uh, called Chandler. Oh, I know Chandler. It's just adjacent to Phoenix.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
6: And I am. You've been to Chandler.
1: I I have been to Chandler before, and and how is Chandler yeah. th- these days?
6: There's actually a dust storm going on right now. Oh, so which is nothing new. We've had many, many, many dust storms this summer.
1: Yeah, which
6: is really surprising with all of the houses and the buildings, but it comes from
1: the desert far away
6: and builds up, and then you get that <laughs> big old wall of dust, and it looks like that money movie. <laughs> and everything gets all dirty and it gets all over the place. My house needs to be washed.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I was in Las Vegas. I was very young with my parents and there was a dust storm and it was quite unbelievable looking out the window and you could not see anything but brown. It was very scary. Yeah,
6: that's it. And when people from the East come and visit Arizona for their very first time, I always say, welcome to the moon. (laughs) You know, it's like the moon's been developed
1: because it's so brown. (laughs) And what do you love about the desert?
6: Well, I was born and raised here, so um, I love the rain. I love the smell of desert rain. And what separates the smell of our rain is the cactus and the seeds, which are, you know, exclusive to the desert area, so that's, that aroma burst open on the desert. It's just amazing. You won't smell it in Hawaii. You won't smell it anywhere else. It's in the desert.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh,
6: it's totally exclusive.
1: Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, and and the, and you know, there's nothing more amazing than when things bloom in the desert. Uh, when those cacti bloom and those succulents bloom, it's so spectacular. Because, All over the place. Yeah, because it, you think everything's dead there, and yet there's real life that's learned to survive in this most difficult, impossible environment.
6: Well, you're right. It, it is kind of amazing because you can look at a stick and a weed and you think it's dead, <laughs> and it is, probably from fall through winter and then, you know, even though it's not snowy, it's just nothing's growing, and so come spring, all of a sudden there's a little flower coming out. Yeah. And like, wow, that dead piece of wood's got a flower growing in it, <laughs> and, and then you realize it—it it wasn't something you should throw away.
1: Yeah, it's it's. And
6: then of course, if you've ever walked into a t- cactus and mm. had it fall apart, and you don't want to get that in you, and Yeah. Then we've got scorpions, and they crawl on the ceilings, and you look up and you go, Oh my God, there's a scorpion. (laughs) You have to take a jar, get the jar, and then stick the scorpion in the microwave and microwave it, and it sounds like Rice (laughs) Krispies. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
6: (laughs) Snap crackle pie.
1: Wow, that's some gnarly shit there. Holy shit. Wow. Well, uh, you know,
6: but they what? do. They they can literally. You don't see them, and they'll be on, they'll be on the ceiling, uh, and then if they want to fall on
1: you, touch uh, just jibba jibba jibba. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh wow. Well, well, you know, as they would say, God bless no water God bless you, you darling, river, for living. Said, oh. oh, well, we just lost her. Arizona. We lost Arizona. Well, look at that sweet caller called in. I think it was Kristen called in because she felt sorry for me because no one was listening to my show. That's really, really sweet. Uh, That's totally great. Uh, So uh, before she called, um, which, you know, you know what? I I just want to say something about the metaphor of the desert, how spectacular it really is because uh, um, I think this is someone else. Uh, Let's see who this is. Oh, wait, wait, there's like 10,000 people calling. Hold on. Oh, am I? Ah, this is you know really, really, Kelly. Like this is it. Like this is how we're doing this. This is so hysterical. Let me see who this is. Hello, Is someone there? No. Okay. All right. Um. So anyway, um, the just that thing what she was saying about the dead. You know, it looks dead, and then a flower comes out of it. You know, six months later. I love that. I that's like that. See, that's the hope thing for me. It's like, you know, nature's got it going on. It always doesn't... Oh, let's see how this is. Let's see if this is her again. Hello? Hello?
2: Hello? Can you hear me?
6: Oh, it's because my phone is sensitive.
1: Hello? No, it's Skype. It's not you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, was
6: it Skype?
1: Yeah, you're on Skype here, so that's why it's bad.
6: So, anyhow, my... I don't know if you've lived in Florida, which I never have.
1: My hu- I'm, my I'm husband was afraid
6: of alligators.
1: Yeah. You know, that's the thing in living in Southern California. Cro- we, we have earthquakes, and that's about it. You know, it's not too bad here.
6: Well, I don't like those either, and those are pretty <laughs> I think I can shoot a crocodile, and I can definitely nuke a scorpion, but I think an earthquake would get me. My knees turned to jello. I've only been in one.
1: Yeah.
6: I was in Northridge. Oh.
1: Not
6: not the big one in oh. Northridge, but the one before the big one back in the eighties.
1: Mm.
6: And uh it was and it made my knees go jello.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's literally jello. It, I didn't well, walk. I just it, it what it does is it it um yeah, it's it,
6: all balanced
1: it fucks with your head because you know the one thing you think you can really depend on is that the earth is solid and it's underneath your feet and then suddenly it's not <laughs> and your your psyche really does get well, fucked up by it
6: it was totally like I just I saw the floor and it was a concrete floor with tile but I saw the floor move as if an a well was going to come up. It, it moved like that, like a well, like when you see a well in the ocean.
1: Uh huh, yes, yes. A well, yes. And it was
6: just like that. It was like there's a well underneath my dining room floor. <laughs> you,
1: are you sure you weren't? Are you sure you weren't doing psychedelics on that day? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You sure you weren't doing psychedelics on that day? Oh dear, I've I've rendered her speechless.
6: Oh no, I'm positive. Oh okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Just just checking. I'm like what? No uh, no, no 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 no. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, I, you never I, know. Nat- I naturally am a I'm I'm a natural stone person. I'm a natural stoner. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. It I don't does. need drugs to be what people would think But people most most people think I drink and I don't think I have MS.
1: Oh,
6: so I, I blame all of it on MS.
1: Wow. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. That's a no. Cha- I don't know. That, that's a challenge. I know <laughs> but, it's a challenge. But you
6: know how like your MS people can talk like they're drunk and their MS walk like they're drunk. Yes. So, uh, a walk test. There's they're she... not going to pass it. Yeah. They can take a drug test and alcohol test. They'll pass those, but they're not going to pass the walk test.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, well, darling, we have to go now. Oh, did she go? Thank you for thank you for calling in. Oh, uh, oh, okay, all right. If you can hear me, thank you for calling in. Ca- call me ca- call me in a, next month when I do it again. Have fun. Uh, be careful in the yeah, sandstorm. Up on me. All right, darling. We'll talk later. That was the Skype again. Being, um, you know. Obnoxious. Uh, yeah. I. What can you do? I. Maybe it's. Is there a sunspot or something today? Sun. Sunstorm. I'm blaming it on a sunstorm. I. Oh, it's the VMAs. I can blame it on the VMAs. Like, why do they even have those anymore? I don't understand. Who does anyone watch those things? Does first of all, there's no videos. There's no videos on those stations. So why do they have VMAs? Who's making videos and who's watching them? Not I. Uh, because every time I turn it on, um, literally, uh, there's no videos, there's no video show, there's no, um, there's no nothing. Um, so, um, anyway, like I was saying before, um, someone asked me this great question about you're balancing your spiritual life with your political life. So here's the thing about that is there's two thing ways you have to be in the world. One of which is you have to learn to be totally detached, which means you really, really are detached. And not like detached, ego detached. I mean, like, there is no ego. There's nothing. You're completely detached. And it's a space where you really do feel that everything is perfect. Everything is in a perfect place. So there really is nothing to do and nowhere to go and no one to be because there's just this space you're in. (sighs) Everyone just take a big, deep breath and you can just feel that space. It's all good. And it's beyond ego, it's beyond personality, it's beyond culture, it's beyond history, it's beyond time. So there's that space. And that's an important space to be able to connect to every single day. You're not going to be able to walk through the entire 24 hours that way, unless you're some sort of, you know, well taken care of Dalai Lama guru, yogi type. Uh, And I don't even know if they walk through it 24 hours a day like that but to be able to connect to that space 10 15 20 30 minutes a day to really it's like a very nice timeout for the whole personality for the ego and then here's what happens if you can really learn to detach in that space and really connect to the big mind perspective then when you come back into your personality ego state, and I don't mean ego in a bad way. Ego is necessary. I mean, if you don't have an ego, your personality is not organized and you're psychotic and you're stabbing bunnies uh, on the corner in front of people naked. Um, but if you can detach for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, or go off for a retreat for a week and detach, come back. When you re-enter the stream of life, your day, you have more patience. You have more compassion. You don't take it all quite so seriously. It's not life or death. Really, the only thing that's life or death is life and death. Not all this other stuff. It feels like life and death because our personality loves to make things life or death because that's how we survive. We're hardwired for, holy shit, is that a tiger? When it's, when it's just, uh you know, a person in a Prius pulling out in front of you and then you rage at them. I never do that, really. Never, 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 never once done that. I'm lying. Um but you do, you have more patience, you have more compassion, you have, you are more detached, but you're not completely detached. You don't give a shit. But you're just more detached to outcome. Because here's here's a big secret I'm learning at 49 years old. You know, we have these things called lists and goals and intentions and there's the fucking secret and there's life coaches like me and there's people who, you know, you've got a rah, rah, rah and success and climb up the ladder and what are your goals and what are you doing? and What's your five-year plan and what's your mission statement and all that kind of crap? And that's all well and good, but that's only a part of the formula. The rest of the formula is the mystery of it all, how life unfolds the environment you're going to meet up against, the people you're around, the energy of the space. What's just going to happen? Is there going to be an earthquake tomorrow? Could change everything. I can't put that in my five-year plan. Huh. Um, you know, yes, it's good to save for the future. And at the same time, who knows? Who really, really knows what the future can bring? Um There's a great poet that talks about, I think it's David White. And I know that Mary Oliver talks about this too. They talk about how, Um, making plans for your life, whatever part of your mind that can make plans for your life can only, it's too small of a life because it's coming from your mind and there's so much real possibility going on. You don't know who you're going to meet next week. You don't know who you're going to run into. You don't know what kind of newspaper article you're going to read or you're going to encounter some sort of information somewhere that's going to change your mind or spark something or inspire a new song or a painting or a book you have to write or a book you're reading and a child you meet. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen that's actually going to shape your world. If you think about your life and really think back on your life and the big moments that have happened and the things that you have achieved – how much planning went into those things? I would guess very, very little. Extremely little. Because even if you did plan on I mean, there's a few people out there. I get it. They're five years old. They know they want to be a doctor. I don't understand those people. I really don't get it. God bless them. I was always so jealous of that. Um, because I was changing, I literally change who I am every day. That's why my kind of moniker is polymind, because I've got 10,000 minds inside of me. Um, So the point that I'm making is there are two minds. So balancing, it is a balance. And it's important to have a connection to your quote unquote, spiritual life, whatever that is. If you don't believe in spirits, why do we call it that? I don't know. But it is that part of us that is beyond the here and the beyond the the time space continuum. So it is kind of like spirit part it's the it's the invisible it's the mystery there's a lot of mystery embrace the mystery be curious about the mystery um dance with the mystery uh I mean the way Logan and I met total mystery moment I'm in New York City I'm there to spread my dad's ashes I go to a dinner I'm hanging out with Taylor Negron because I meet him at Belzer's show Taylor's doing a one-man show. Come to my show. Oh, who's this gentleman? Oh, this is Logan. He's doing the music in my show. Oh, I watched the show. It's amazing. We all go to dinner. We go and spread my dad's ashes in front of the bitter end. And Logan and I and about six other people have this amazing, profound moment in our lives together. Like we would ever plan that. And now Logan sits next to me every week here. How? What? Huh? Really? I am going I don't, you know. Enjoy it. Enjoy the amazing places you will go. I believe there's a Dr. Seuss book about that. Go read that book, people. That's a fabulous book. Speaking of books, I don't have it up yet, but I've just gotten a button from my website for audible.com for my affiliate thing. Very excited about that. I'm actually going to be monetizing my podcast. See, isn't that sounds very much like should be in my five-year plan and my mission statement. I'm monetizing my podcast, everyone okay so here's the deal i think we're gonna end today's show we're gonna play another song going out but before we go out um logan are you playing anywhere do you have any announcements i
7: i've got a
4: december 8th i'm gonna be playing a skeptic non-holiday show at a location (laughs) that will be a (laughs) <laughs> now, shortly, with some other
7: artists, it's going to be
1: great. Logan and I are friends and part of the skeptic atheist movement. Um, even though I am a person who um, has a very rich spiritual life, uh, but I don't have a the—I don't have a theist. I'm not a theist. If anything, I'm a multi-theist. I'm more of like a Greek. I like the Greeks, you know. I'm into all the gods and the goddesses. I'm a Jungian, you know. It's all about the archetypes for me. Um, I'm also going to be doing something, uh, with the skeptic atheist group, uh, next week at the Steve Allen Theater. They're giving awards out. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson will be there and stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping I get to go and I get to give him the award. Yes, we'll talk okay. about that. Uh, so that's at the Steve Allen Theater next week. I think it's Monday. Check that out, people. Uh, but here, the most important thing really, Toronto. Toronto. I am going to be in Toronto, September 21st and 23rd with a Carlin Home Companion. I'm going to be hanging about out for about four days at the JFL 42 festival. It's really cool. It's eight days, 42 events. The pass is $99. Here's what you get for $99. You automatically get a ticket to Louis C.K.'s show, which, uh by the way, Logan saw him last night at the Comedy Store. And he was working out material, and Logan was like, oh, it's it's going to be amazing. Like, So whatever he does in Toronto in two, three weeks is going to be amazing. Uh, so with that, you get a Louis C.K. ticket, and then you get six credits to see six other things. I believe each show is only a credit. I don't know. I'm not clear on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. So come see my show, too. Friday night? No, yes, Friday night the 21st and Sunday night the 23rd at a little club somewhere. A Carlin Home Companion. You know you want it. So go check that out. And, um, and that's it. We're here. Support the show. Come to my website, kellycarlin.com. Go to the waking from the American dream tab. You'll see a little button for PayPal. You know, give us five bucks. Give us 50 bucks. Give us 500 bucks. Give us 5,000 bucks. Really, whatever your heart desires. We will use it to support our work here at this little train that could the little train of a podcast that could. Uh I wanna thank everyone at Smodcast. I wanna thank all my callers today for calling in. I wanna thank Kevin for working his ass off uh getting this street named uh George Carlin Way and moving it along. And I just wanna point out, we're willing to compromise. Unlike some people in this country, we, Kevin Bartini and Kelly Carlin, are willing to compromise with the Catholic Church of all things. Hello, we get things done. We're getting a street sign because we know how to have a conversation. We're not afraid of conversation. That's my little dig at the RNC. Uh, So, here, uh, I just want to honor The Big Mystery and uh, Quitting Sugar. And um, we didn't even get to liberal education today. I'm reading a book about liberal, the importance of liberal arts education. I'm crazy that way. I read all sorts of weird shit. Uh, So, we're going to go out. You know what? We're not going to go out with some music. Damn it. We're going to go out with some goddamn fucking comedy because, goddamn it, that's what we're doing today. We're doing comedy shit. Uh, we're going to go out with Mr. Matt Kirshen, a little piece here with Matt Kirshen. Uh It's called Magic and Hope. Matt is a great, fantastic comic from the land of UK. And uh, he's been helping us with the uh, setlist tapings. He's going to be on setlist. Check it out, setlistshow.com. Uh, so this is uh, we're going out with uh, Mr. Matt Kirshen. Magic and Hope. Enjoy.
0: It's fun being out here. It's fun traveling around, doing shows I'm still a tourist in this country I, 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 did, I was on a plane the other day And this was wonderful This Texan couple sat down next to me And they were everything I could have hoped for They were like late middle aged Texans For the duration of a flight And the guy knew who I was, he would recognized me which happens now from time to time since i was on last comic standing i'm now in that position where i'm not famous but just sort of mildly recognizable i'm kind of that level where maybe one person will say something like oh i know who you are and then the rest will look at me weirdly trying to work out if i'm their cousin (laughs) that this guy knew who i was and he was so texan it was perfect he was so texan he genuinely got me to autograph his gun magazine Oh, perfect is that? He just pulled out guns and ammo and went, can you sign this? <laughs> of course I can, you mad cowboy. <laughs> when am I going to get a chance to do that again? This is more of an experience for me than it is for you. <laughs>
2: I'll
0: be talking about this long after you've forgotten it. <laughs> what are you even doing with a gun magazine on a plane? That's... <laughs> What I want to know, I think it's because he can't bring a real gun onto the plane. That's the closest he can get. It's like Texan porn. It's just his substitute. He looks at the pictures to tide himself over. It's a terrorist behind us with Box Cutter Weekly. But his wife was even better because she was scared of flying. And as we came into land, she turned around to me. She said, you know... I can't do the accent, by the way. I, I'm horrible at accents. Eh? I can't even do the English one.
2: <laughs>
0: no, I thought I could until I came to America, and a- apparently I should be talking like this. <laughs> Hello, I'm from England.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: just a friendly chimney sweep. <laughs> Cor cool, blimey, Mary Poppins, let's have a tea party on the ceiling. <laughs> I'm going to go home talking like that. Hi, guys, I'm back. <laughs> No, how did you get that accent? Oh, I have spent quite a lot of time in America being mocked. <laughs> just out of interest, because not everyone went with that bit just then. Were some of you unable to tell the difference between my normal accent and the funny one? Right, okay, that's good to know that. That's exactly what was going on. There were at least half the crowd going, I don't really get this at all. He, he says some things in an English accent and then he says some more things in an English accent. One of them is apparently funny. I, uh but this Texan woman, she was brilliant because she said to me, you know, I just think it's incredible that something as big and heavy as this plane can stay up in the air. <laughs> Uh, give her a credit it, it's an impressive scientific achievement it's, it's barely a century since the Wright brothers and we've come to this it's a pretty I went yeah it's pretty cool because it is but then to her discredit she followed it up with I guess we'll never know how but you'll never know how I'm sure someone must have an inkling someone somewhere must have a basic idea like, the aviation industry is just pretty rich it can't all be built on guesswork they can't just keep trying different shapes of plane to see what goes up like, let's try the cube next yeah oh shouldn't have filled that one with people either <laughs> What an amazing, magical world she must live in. (laughs) Just think for one second, her everyday experience is a world of marvel and delight and wonderment, it's... Just imagine being her. You wake up in the morning, you open your front door, there's a car, how does it move? (laughs) Television, who are these tiny people? Why are they talking to me and how come I can't talk back? I don't know, how how does she think the plane works? It goes up in the air because we're all good of heart. We've behaved ourselves all year, we've been really good and so Jesus picks up the plane and carries it across the country. Sets it down again at the other end. As as we near the destination, the pilot just stops believing ever so slightly. We just drift back down to Earth on a cloud of magic and hope.
7: Calm in my fire, and here in these wide open lands, they disappear before your eyes. My gang was a dozen on our strongest day, up from Dakota to Canada way. We were like ghosts in the midnight gray, vanishing before sunrise. Back when I was young, Charles Mix County called across my gun. The medicine man knew what fate would come. He said it's written in the western star I was called an outlaw, a hero by some. Other men would say I was a wicked one. Whatever was said, it don't matter none I followed what was in my heart My old friend Johnny never went astray He said he'd stay a long man till his dying day He threw me into jail, but I didn't want to stay so I politely took my leave. They hunted me like wolves, but I'm no one's prey. I made it back to Rosebud, where I hid away. And I had a funny feeling when I woke today that Johnny'd be waiting.